you know, theology is oftentimes seen as something that is to be reserved for the high-minded um, seminary teachers or scholars and that kind of thing. And, uh, and I would suggest something different. I think theology is something that all believers would do well to delve into with a real measure of seriousness um, and desire and desire to know. Um, theology is the study of God. It means to study the person, the character, the nature, the doings, uh, the requirements of all of these things uh, in regard to God, getting to know him well. That is what theology ultimately is all about. And so the study of God can only be a beneficial thing. Now, while there are lots and lots of great, uh, you know, teachers and historians and scholars and uh, resources, and you can study the patristics, and you can go into all these different things and learn what the early fathers thought and all this kind of stuff. And this is all valuable, and I really enjoy it personally. Um, really, the source material that is our primary source for knowing God is, is always going to be the scripture. And so, whether or not um, you've ever gone down the road of, of studying some of the things I've just mentioned, or the early fathers and all that kind of stuff, every believer you know, unless you just can't get your hands on one, every believer basically can use the Bible as their primary source to know God. And of course, that is God's revelation to us. It ought to be the central feature of our study, the central object of our study in terms of getting to know God and his nature. Uh, we pray and we seek to know what God's will is for our lives and that kind of thing, but you never substitute the word of God as the primary place from which you learn about the nature and character of God, which is fundamental to understanding what the will of God might be for your life particularly. And so the study of the Word of God is so central. Now I will tell you, and uh, um, I'm, I'm very thankful that every Sunday, every Wednesday night, um, and, and frankly you can see it in the comments oftentimes here too, that I am thankful to often be surrounded by people that are very excited to open their Bibles and see what God has to say. Uh, when we go to church on Sundays, Wednesday nights, and that kind of, and again, just any time that it seems like we're able to get together and open the Bible, home groups, all that kind of thing, there is a desire to know what God has said in His Word. Well, that as a pastor and as a Bible teacher is like the most wonderful thing you could ever hope for. You know, that's just exciting. Um, and I will tell you, at the heart of that, uh, something additionally that I think lies at the heart of that that is also very exciting to me and I'm very, very thankful for is that by and large, um, with you know pretty much everybody in the fellowship, there is a deep desire to see Jesus. Like to see him, to know him, and to see him one day. Um, now, I'm not even talking so much about you know what your eschatological perspective is or, you know... Um, you know, when you think the rapture is going to happen or any of that kind of stuff. That's not even really what I'm talking about. Um, that's all important. I'm not saying it isn't. But but what I really just simply mean is that regardless of, of a few varying perspectives on when the rapture might happen, regardless of those things, in our fellowship, uh, there is just a desire to see him, to be with him. You know, some of it is just born out of like, Lord, I've just done with this life. You know, it's I'm just a sire of all the wickedness and evil and all that kind of thing. Um, but a lot of it is born simply out of the desire just to see him, to be with him. Um, you know, it's it's exciting to me. It's, you know, I was having a conversation, matter of fact, about this with a good friend yesterday. And uh, and we were talking about this very thing, that, that this 
desire to see Jesus just for its own sake, just to be with him. And, and uh, it's not just about escaping this world, but about being with him. That love relationship that, that, you know, as we grow in our faith and maturity in our faith, we begin to realize is really at the heart of our whole faith is, is being with him. Um, you don't hear that a lot in, uh, in a lot of Christian circles nowadays. Um, the, the churches are, you know, and I'm not, I'm not, you know, certainly any kind of a, a student of all of churches or anything like that. But it does seem that when you have conversations with, with people and, and, and you're, you hear about what goes on in churches, it doesn't seem like there's much at all about seeing him personally, like going home to be with the Lord. Uh, not that we're excited about dying and that kind of thing. There's, there's not a morbid thing to this, but it's just, you know, it's it's a lot like, a, and we've used this analogy before, and it's exactly the analogy Paul uses. It's fresh in my mind because we've been teaching on it on Sunday mornings in Ephesians 5. But it's very much like a wedding. It's very much like a marriage. The idea of, uh, of a bride wanting so desperately to be with her bridegroom and her bridegroom wanting to be with her. And um, it would be a very strange thing for uh, a bride to not be looking forward to her bridegroom's coming. Now, of course, if you're familiar with so much of the Jewish uh, the Jewish wedding expectations and preparations and betrothals and all that kind of thing, you know that there is built into that a sense of anticipation that the bride is every day getting her, her wedding dress together and doing her thing, getting prepared and all that, because at any time, uh, the, the bridegroom might come to get her, and she wants to be ready when he comes. Well, there's so much excitement in that, and, and, and that's what our expectation of our bridegroom, Christ. You know, Paul would say in, uh, uh, was it Second uh, Corinthians 11, I, I betrothed you to one husband, you know, the idea, and, and it, I'm, I'm, I'm grieved that you seem to be going after another. The idea of having divided affections in regard to seeing Jesus which is something that is not necessarily like, hey, I've gone after some literal false god or something, but but I've gotten distracted to the point where I'm just not excited about seeing him. I'm not thinking about him. I'm not ex expecting him to come today for me. Now, again, regardless of your point, your thoughts on things like the rapture, none of us is guaranteed another breath. Every one of us could potentially uh, go see him at any moment, right? And And that should not strike fear in the heart of a believer. That should bring great anticipation, like maybe today. Um, but you don't hear that kind of talk a lot in most of, uh, you know, again, I want to be careful because I'm not a student of this kind of thing. And I don't want to cast aspersions, but it just doesn't seem like the return of Christ is something that is really a focal point among believers by and large. Again, this is why one of the reasons I'm so excited to be with our, you know, our fellowship is that there is a genuine, maybe today, kind of a mindset. You know, we're living our lives. We want to be of service to the Lord, but we know that maybe today will be the day. Uh, that's just an exciting place to be, you know, and it's fitting because as the bride of Christ, as the church, we ought to be excited about his coming. I just don't understand why it is that that's missing in in much of Christendom's experience, it would seem. Uh, it doesn't seem like when you talk to folks about their faith in that, that the coming of Christ ever finds its way into the conversation. Um, it's uh, it's remarkable to me. In fact, we even commented um, 
we were talking about this yesterday, and just it seems as though you know pulpits just don't want to focus on that anymore. And I, I wonder if it's. I mean, I'm sure there's reasons we could talk about. There's probably you know burnout in regard to the coming of Christ from you know, you know some decades ago when there was again a high anticipation of his coming and Israel's back in the land and Jesus can come at any time and you know and and I think those were legitimate um, expectations but there's no reason to think that that expectation should wane because time has gone by we live every day with the expectation that he could come but we live our lives just knowing that he'll come in his own time and that's his that's his time but I would suggest that we would do well to study theology for a number of reasons in this context that we're talking about. And again, not just so we can sort of land on, a, on an eschatological view, but when we study theology, when we study God, we begin to recognize His nature, uh, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, when we consider the wonder of who He is just by virtue of His very being, before we even ever get to what He does, just who He is 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 marvelous beyond our finding out and and to spend time just delving into all of these things about him and, and of course sure what he does and all this as well causes us to develop and cultivate a deep and rich love for him that by by nature then drives us to want to be with him um, again to borrow from the the analogy of, of a marriage I've been married to my wife for almost 30 years, and that doesn't make me want to spend less time with her. That makes me want to spend more time with her, uh, just to know her and to get to know her better, even after all these years. And, and you know, to just that companionship, uh, it's, 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 it's something that grows in a healthy relationship over time. And so when we talk about the coming of Christ, there's oftentimes a lot of arguments and division over this topic, uh, usually revolving around the rapture and that kind of thing, or revolving around the idea that, you know, believers just want to escape. Well, yeah, I'd love to get home and not be part of this world. What are you, some kind of a nut for not wanting to go home? But, you know, who, who doesn't want to go be with the bridegroom and, and spend time with him? And so, but even beyond the escape element of it, Lord, Lord, just get me out of here. That's all I really want is to be out of this world. That's, that's not all that it's about. It's about not just leaving this place to get out of here, but it's going there to be with him. And so I, uh, I would just encourage you, I mean, for what little corner of the whole deal that I have any influence on at all, uh, I, would, I would encourage you to spend time regularly, richly studying the Word of God. Let the Word of God dwell in you richly, right? The idea of... of of getting to know the Word of God that you might get to know the God of the Word, as Alistair Begg would say. Um, because as you know Him better, you begin to fall more deeply in love with Him. And your anticipation and deep desire to go home to be with Him, for Him to come and get you. Uh, again, it's not a morbid wish for death or some kind of a thing like that, but it's just there is the ability to live this life for the Lord until He finally comes but to live every day in anticipation that maybe he might do that today is a really healthy place to be. And it's a very biblical place to be. Anytime you see discussions where uh, in the scripture where, uh, or anytime Jesus told a parable or anything like that, where it, 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 it moved into this idea of my master delaying his coming, 
that's always seen as a bad thing. That's, that's not the attitude you want to adopt. That's uh, very clearly frowned upon uh, in Scripture. You, you don't want to be thinking, oh, he can't come until, he's not coming until my master delays his coming. Where has he been after all these years? You know, it's just like it was in the fathers and all this kind of thing. That's never seen as a good thing. But the idea of looking up for your redemption draws near. You see things happening and you start watching. Uh, remember, I, I draw on this sometimes. Jesus' indictment of the Pharisees for not recognizing the signs of his first coming. I wonder if he would indict us for not looking for the signs of his second coming in the same way. Um, why wouldn't we be? Why aren't we? Why don't we see what's going on around us and recognize the times in which we're living and, and realize like, man, he's coming soon. That's a good place to be. So let me just leave you with that as something to think about. Again, connecting the idea of our love for God with a love for his word and a love for his word leading us toward a deeper love for God. And so, um, so Father, help us toward that end. You know, we all get busy, we all find things to do, we get easily distracted, things are happening in our lives that oftentimes draw our attention away. But help us for our part, you know, we can't always help what goes on in pulpits and what focus a pastor might have or what focus, uh, you, know, uh, you know, we might find ourselves sitting in the midst of. But for our own part, help us to delve deeply into theology and, and, into, the, and into particularly, too, the idea that Jesus is coming for us. One day he's going to come and he's going to snatch us away and then he'll set up his kingdom and all these things that the scriptures talk about. Help us to live with a healthy uh, looking forward to of those events and most of all, the looking forward to his coming, to be with him as the bride of Christ, to be with the bridegroom. Help that to be our deep desire and longing is to be home with our Savior. So, Father, we just pray the Holy Spirit would work in our hearts and, and bring this about within each one of us. Uh, at the end of the day, that's kind of our own responsibility to cultivate that. So help us to take on a mindset to do that and have a heart that deeply longs to be home with you. Father, we thank you and praise you for this. We love you and bless you.